This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. To a Celtic state of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I will be joined by Kevin Graham. I've just nipped in a little bit early to make sure that we don't get anybody saying, Why are you late? Kevin Graham, how are you, my friend? Not too bad, Paul, not too bad. Sorry, I was a bit late there, but there we go. I'm here now. Listen, you weren't really because you stood up when I was basically doing it myself again today, Kevin, you thought to yourself, I'll jump in there and save your bacon. And I'm glad you did, because there's plenty to talk about, even though you were on on Monday. There is plenty to talk about, because we've got the Champions League um, group squad list. We've got Dundee coming up on the weekend, and plenty more besides. So we're going to be talking about all of that. And of, of course, the international football that has happened between Monday and Wednesday, Kev. So we're going to be talking about all of that. But before we get started, I have a jersey behind me. It's a jersey that was um, given to us for the Sell the Jerseys initiative, uh, which is raising cash for wee Jamie Tierney, who is suffering from Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's a condition where there is no cure, but we are able to pay for, um, you know, him to be sent away for treatment to the States and places like that, Kev. So we're trying our hardest to raise some cash, and the Celtic fans are helping us do that. This is one of the jerseys that came in. And um, I remember the jersey well, Kev, but at the top of the show, I'm going to ask the question, what do you think at the top? Who does it remind you of? And is there a particular game? Is there a particular Celtic game 
that that reminds you of that particular jersey. So have a wee think about it, Kev, and we'll be dipping into the comment section as the show goes on. Um, I see you're wearing a, a retro Umbro top. All you have missing there is a Celtic crest, and that would be a 1980s classic, which reminds me of the likes of George McCluskey and Tommy Burns. Yes, it's a um, shiny material, eh? I think when you say McCluskey and Burns, I, I remember McCl- uh, Burns especially. I think it was the uh, 80 Cup final with the league, league champions on the back. It wasn't the 80 Cup final, I can't remember, eh? But I remember that, eh? But this this is a this is a, an Umbro cash and remake. Uh, this is not an original. Um, uh, but it, it is Umbro. It's not it being made in somebody's garage somewhere in no, Easter. No, it's definitely Umbro, yes. Right, well, that's fine. Um, not that, you know, people have running businesses out the garage in Easter is a bad thing, Kev, but obviously, you know, it's difficult sometimes yeah, to know what's real and what's fake. When you've got to get your teenagers stone Thailand stuff for somewhere, eh? I mean, yeah. I mean? Well, what's wrong with, so what's wrong with getting it for a wee guy in Easter Hoods? What we've done, Kev, uh, with our merchandise, of course, is we've had it made bespoke. We designed it, we've had it made, sent over, embroidered, etc. So I know the whole process is very different. And it's been copied for a wee guy in Easterhus. Probably, aye. I've not seen the copies yet, but no doubt that will be copied eventually. Um, but yeah, there's loads to talk about, and I want to go through the entire uh, squad list. But asking the questions as we go along, what does it mean for certain players um, who have been included and those who have been omitted? Have a think about this jersey. What player does it remind you of? Does it remind you of a particular game? And I'm going to throw something else into the mix, Kev. Does it remind you of a particular time in your life? A moment? That's why I've used it, because it does remind me of something, and that will all become clear. We'll also be bringing in the comments from our good listeners. Uh, I will say that, no, there is no priority list. It's all down to the quality of the comments. So if anybody goes on another site and says, oh, they never bring up a comment, up your game. Right, here we go. Stephen Sloan. You are on the show quite a lot, Stephen. Taylor has been our number one left back for four years. Let that sink in. Four years. And Bernabe is that bad, he can't even make the Champions League squad. How hard is it to find a quality left back? Right, we're running with the tagline, Kev. Not to sensationalise it. Has Rodgers been backed enough in time for the Champions League? The reason we're talking about that, of course, is that all the business has been done. Um, And we go into that Champions League having just announced the squad. We had... A massive sale in relation to Jota. We had a, a decent, sizable sale in, in relation to Carol Starfelt. And I think we got a wee bit of compo for Ange Postacoglu. We made a profit in a transfer window of something like £14 million. If you add the compo on top, it could be closer to 20 Have we backed the gaffer enough? Question number one. No, and we'll never back any Celtic gaffer enough to make any inroads in the Champions League whatsoever. Um, I've come round to actually believing that now. And I've also, and I'm not going to give the board too much criticism, even though I would have done it last year. I think there's a big, massive elephant in this room. It's called Scottish football. And everybody has a look at Ajax. Everybody has a look at Porto. Everybody has a look at Benfica and, and clubs like that. They, they've, they, they didn't need to offer Motherwell away in Ross County away. They didn't need to offer playing the same teams four times a year. They can offer like 
better weather. Maybe no, maybe no mere money, but some folk will just some folk will know that they are interested in money. But when it comes to can offer better leagues, they can they can offer lifestyle, better climate, climate, lifestyle, yep. better lifestyle. Can offer the whole shebang, and I think it's very very difficult for Celtic to attract the next level type player, which we all wanted, which we were all shouting for at the, the end of the season. And saying that. I think the squad management's been terrible. Mm-hmm. I agree when with that. Actually, when you actually see the list. So they're at the, on one hand, I'm actually saying he has to been back, but there's a reason for that. On the other hand, I'm saying the club really has to look at itself. The fact is, we're going in with Greg Taylor as the only recognised left back in a European campaign. Now, Scales can probably play there. Mm-hmm. That's what they're probably looking looking at. Eh? We're, going into, we're going into a season where... We're going into the Champions League group group stage as well with Scott Bain as your backup goalkeeper. Yeah, that shouldn't yeah. happen. There's been poor squad management here um, by Brendan and the recruitment team, and I think when you see the 25, it's down to that. But I, I do have some f- sympathy for them. Um, that next level of player is going to be extremely difficult to come here. I mean, I remember we were talking at the start. Yeah, I said we were going like, I will smash transfer records. And I was getting shouted up going, no, nah, we'll be nowhere near transfer records. We'll, we'll be nowhere near spending our £9 million because the game's changed and it's very, very difficult to attract people like that to Scottish football. But you can make a decent fist of European football if you get your squad management right. And I don't think we've got the squad management right. I, th- I think the points you make are valid, Kevin, and they're not just knee-jerk because if you go right back to 2017 when we started a Celtic state of mind, the, the views have not changed a great deal, in actual fact, uh, from the time of Brennan Rogers' first tenure. You look at squad management, and I think Ange Postecoglou also has to take his fair share of blame because he was the man at the helm whereby the, the squad became really bloated. It actually became really bloated. We went from a position whereby we needed bodies in the building, i.e. you know, for the qualifiers in season number one, to the point where we had a bloated squad. And what I mean by that is we've got guys like um, Kobayashi, for example, who's not in this squad here. And you think to yourself, well, you know, he's, he's using a jersey, he's using a squad number, he's earning a wage, he's not playing. And there's quite a lot of players, like that Haksabanovic has just left the building. I was talking yesterday, a lot of Celtic fans disagreed with what I said, which is fine, that's what it's all about. I was talking yesterday about Haksabanovic. He's a player who, you know, Brendan Rodgers has had um, time to look at him during the pre-season, Kev. He's looked at him in maybe four competitive games this season. He's thought, this guy's not to it. It's not to it. So at what point should that have been identified? Well, it probably should have been identified last season. Kobayashi is the same. I was surprised, although glad, that Awata made the, the squad. You, mm-hmm. you you pinpoint the left-back position and the goalkeeper position. We've been banging on about it since day one of pre-season. These are two priority positions. And I thought we had done some brilliant work in having a, a list of examples, almost like a, a back catalogue of examples that you can roll out and say to a young player who's at an academy, be that academy, uh, be maybe Man City or PSG, for example, to use two examples, right? And you can say to them, here's the case study of Jeremy Frimpong. This is what happened to Jeremy Frimpong, a player we brought in, I think, for 300, 400 grand. And this mm-hmm. is what happened. He came in, he was part of a successful team, he got competitive football. We, we put him on a Champions League stage, and they got a £11.5 million move, right? And now they're looking at that secondary move 
to an even bigger team in a bigger league. Right, and then you bring in the example of Odson Edward, 19 years of age, playing academy football for PSG, uh, a spell out on loan to Toulouse. This is what happened when he came to Celtic. So I think there's enough examples like that. But as you say, there's a lot of other examples of situations where it's going against you. You know, the, the very fact that we have the default of playing f- football in Scotland. Um, but also, I, I think there's another contributing factor in that there's a, another massive big vulture that's circling the transfer windows now. There, there was English football was the only it was the only league that was spending money, Kev. I, I know we've got the big leagues, but a lot of them weren't spending big, big money. English football was. Now we've got Saudi Arabian money coming into the equation, so a lot of people are hedging their bets because they want to leave it to the very last minute before they figure out whether or not they're going to get a, a bid from elsewhere. And I mean that because if a player like Jack Hendry, we all due respect, can go over there and become an, a multi-millionaire overnight, then a lot of players of that ilk will be hedging their bets. I think my biggest concern is that we're going into the Champions League and we will look through the squad. We'll be looking at areas that we think are maybe weak areas, areas of concern. And I'm thinking, well, we've made the ballpark of 14 million. I know that the Jota deal, you could obviously look at it two different ways. We've seen now the, the papers from Benfica's accounts showing that you know they made quite a bit of money from uh, Jota, as was their right. They've done a good deal on him. And you look at the 14 million, Kev, and you think 14 million gave us Jota and Carter Vickers. So you look at this transfer window and you think all the business that we've done, throw in two players of that level, of that standard, a goalkeeper and a left back, and you're sitting here, I'm not going to say fully confident, because you're still entering a, a competition that is the most competitive in European football, possibly world football, but you're feeling better about it because they're the two main areas of concern, aren't they? They are the two main areas of concern. As I says on Monday, my Joe Hart concern is the fact that he's in his last year his contract. And my Joe Hart concern in Europe is the fact is if he's injured, he's one broken finger away from Scott Bain playing against Atletico Madrid. Pulled muscle. That is, exactly. that, that's where we are. Where, where a pulled muscle, a certainial forget for scales playing at left back against Feyenoord away from home eh? and that is for me that is a poor squad management I mean look at Jota we may as well call Jota what it was we basically spent we we basically we Jota cost us £13 million by the time you actually add on the sell-on fee to Benfica so by the time you add that up that was a £13 million that Jota actually cost us and he will go into great things. Carter Vickers at six as well. And understand the level that you play there, but you're still buying a, a, a level of player at £6 million who Morris Yen's going for £8 million. Now, would, any of us, would anybody in the comments on, on, on Axon would actually want to spend £8 million on Maurice Yen's after what we saw last season? We're in a market that's a risk. Kev, you look, like mar- look like a £4 million defender to me. Uh, that's, so we're in a market that's a risk. Even if we go to the Jota level, which is £6 million, even if we go to the Cameron Carter-Vickers, Carter which is £6 million, what we need to get right is a squad management to make sure that a certain group of 25 players, a certain group of 18 players, P- 
peak 18 months into their, co- into their game or a year. What we're looking for is this squad to peak in a year's time to have another go at the, the Champions League for them to progress enough this season to actually have a go. And this is where you can get lucky, you can actually get simple draws and get through, but we're only going to have our decent players for 18 to 24 months. So what you're looking for all your players to do is actually peak within between that 12 to 18 month period for you to have a decent go in Europe. And that's what Celtic's model is going to be. You try to keep them together. Everybody talks about Rangers going to the UEFA, the Europa League final a couple of years back. Eh? I think mm-hmm. that team was about maybe had been together for about four or about three or four years by that point, and they, they got favourable draws. They didn't sell their top stars, and that's the reason why guys like Kent and that have left for nothing because they didn't have a business model. That's that's the reason why they're probably trading insolvent because they either sell a couple of players, they sell. I mean, the only one they've ever cashed in on is Bassett. And even then, that didn't work. He was found out to be a dud and lost back to Fulham. Uh, and the boy Patterson, uh, the left back. But then mm. again, I'll argue with Patterson, as Everton paid between five and nine million pounds for Patterson, believe what you, what, depending on what output of the, the MSM that you actually believe. But Everton only paid that money because they had to look at Robertson and Tierney and went, if we let this guy play 50, 60 games for Rangers, he could be 25 million. So we'll just yeah. spend that money there now. We'll buy, we'll buy potential there. And you know for a fact that the Celtic board, if we give Hatate a decent deal, and he's one at peaks over the next couple of months. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's gone next summer because that's a two-year up. That's a two-and-a-bit-year cycle. That's a two-year cycle up for him. So then you need to replace him. It's the same way, same way O'Reilly and that. So what we're actually looking for is the guys that were brought in, like Odin Home, guys like that, to actually peak between that 12 and 18 month period to give a decent shot in Europe. And this, this, that we should actually be sitting here in year two, but we're not. We're sitting here at year zero again because yeah. the manager left. And that's where we are. And there's no. nothing we can do about that. You're talking about cycles, and I, and I totally agree with you. And I go right back to Colin and I talking about the the Champions League team we could have had if the cycle was was the cycle is getting shorter. Kev, we used to talk about a three year cycle. You're now talking about an eighteen month to two year mm-hmm. cycle, so it's getting tighter every time. How um, long you can keep your top players? I don't think any of us expected Jota to leave when he did. You expected to have another season with Jota, and then what's key 
is that the recruitment has to be spot on so that the new batch of players that come in, Kev, they then hit the ground running, they make an impact with the players that are peaking and then that cycle keeps happening. If the recruitment is wrong or you sell a player too early, that's where the the, the whole cycle starts to, to hit um, issues, I think. And if you look at last season's recruitment, for example, we've been given big plaudits to the recruitment team. I'm going to read through the, the players that came in last season, okay? This is Ange Postacoglu's second season. And what you're looking for is you're looking for the guys that came in last season to be really part of the team now, Kev, to really be firing on all cylinders to the point where you're probably expecting bids for them in this pre-season to come, right? Mm -hmm. Here's a list of players. Now, Maeda, uh, Carter Vickers and Jota, we know were already on loan. They were made permanent. So we'll put them to one side, right? Benjamin Segrist, there's your goalkeeper replacement. Alexandro Bernabe, came in for the left-back. We then had the loan deal of Marich Jens. Aaron Moy came in. Syed Haksabanovic, who I want to talk about a wee bit more. And people sometimes forget that we brought in Olivier Albulgar as well from Ruben Kazan on loan at the time. Yuki Kobayashi, he was there to try and uh, solve the issue at centre-half. Alistair Johnson, Tremokia Wata and O. Now, all those names, Kev, and it comes down to a bit of opinion, but also, you know, facts and figures. Out of all those players, who has been a success? That's season two under Ange Postecoglou. We're talking about squad management now. Of all those players, who do you think has been an unreserved success that, that nobody really could argue with? AJ. AJ. No, the one. And you could, if some of the, the guys who look at the stats bombs and stuff like that will maybe say, oh, has probably mm -hmm. done what you expected them to what you probably done to, what expected them to do. Awata came in a couple of times and you thought he would have really kicked on this season, but the fact that he was left out at Ibrox, not even in the squad for Ibrox, is puzzling me and he made the Champions League squad as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I really don't I, I really don't see what Rogers is doing with that with that guy just now. Um but the rest of them, Segrist has been a wasted wage. Um, Bernabe is really, really struggling. I don't know um, for whatever reason that is. Um, who, who was the other ones there? The Kobayashi. Is off. Yep. Kobayashi was basically brung in because Jens was basically brung in to replace Jens and we let Jens go. And I still say that was a purely figures game. That was a numbers game. That he was going to be cheaper than trying to sign Maurice Jens. Um, Look, second season wasn't too good, eh? No, it wasn't when you look back on it. When you actually look back at it, Abelgaard didn't he, was never fit at any point to actually make any sort of impression whatsoever. It's what, I, it's what I've said, eh? Sometimes you get an impression that manager managers can say no to players. Mm -hmm. Managers can say no to players. Absolutely, when presented and by the recruitment team. Aye, the, they can yep. go, no, no. But sometimes they just do it to get numbers, and and they give us false hope that these guys could be could be absolutely great, and it doesn't really it doesn't really happen. I mean, I call Taksabanovic an imposter on Monday, uh, but he's got ability. He has got ability, and and that, that that's been proven eh, that he has got ability. But it never worked for us. Abelgard, I don't even care where he is now. Uh, I, I didn't. I, I don't even. I don't even know where he is now. So it's strange. Eh? It well, if you go to that cycle, Kev, that you're talking about, a key part of that cycle is that three or four of your signings have to be a success. 
every single year. So you look at that batch of players that we've came in, and and again, I'm going to go through them, and you ask yourself, what was the success? The one I would add to your list is, is Moy. Moy was a success, but he's came and gone because he oh, retired. Right? So short-term success, right? But you're looking at a player, and you, you want that batch of players to be like Jota, Carter Vickers, Matt O'Reilly, Rio Atati, Dysameda, guys who are really going to make an impact, Abada, Starfelt. And then you look at season two, and we didn't have that batch of players because I think everybody in the comment section don't want to talk for you, but let me know if you disagree, would say Alistair Johnson, un, unreserved, unmitigated success, right? Absolutely tremendous. Then you look at guys like Awati, you go, oh, he might still be a player. Oh, he's done okay, but he's not a first choice. Kobayashi, jury's out. Bernabe, jury's out. Seagrist has been a flop. He's only played two games competitively. Haksabanovic, you know, for whatever reason, Rogers has uh, shipped him out to Stoke. And I, Stoke, I spoke about that yesterday. Maurice Jens and Abel got short-term, just short-term fixes. So season two, recruitment is now affecting season three going into this Champions League. And like you say, it does feel now, Kev, as though we're going in almost at ground zero because, uh, you know, we've not been able to do that kicking on process. You look at some of the guys that we're expecting to really kick on in the Champions League this season, and it is people like Matt O'Reilly. It is Kyogo Furuhashi. You are expecting Carter Vickers to, to star in the Champions League. Guys that came in in season one, who came in and they were successes straight off the bat, we didn't have the same percentage of players coming in in season two. Obviously, it's going to be up for debate in season three because we've not seen enough of them. But in order to make sure that we can progress, it's it's there's loads of moving parts. But if you think about it as twofold, the recruitment has to be spot on so that you've got three or four players who are really going to contribute. And like you say, the other ones that came the season or two before have to peak at that time. And then if you've got that collection of half a dozen players who complement the spine of your team alongside your McGregor's and and, and uh, Joe Hart, etc., then you've got a chance. And I'm not saying to to win a European competition, but to at least punch it or wait, Kev, because that's the biggest frustration. Like from last season, what's the biggest frustration from Europe? Well, it's not getting beat from Real Madrid. Of course it isn't. It's not being able to beat um, the team that, at the very beginning of the competition, we would have said that's the team we want to take points from, Shakhtar Donetsk. So that, that is us punching what I would say at our weight, right? So I think that it is twofold if, if you want to break it down like that. And the recruitment last season wasn't good enough. So we give a lot of kudos to the recruitment team and to Ange Postacoglu, right? The man's got the Midas touch. How can you say that he won the treble? But a lot of winning the treble was down to season one recruitment rather than season two recruitment. And now we're in season three, and because we're not getting the kickoff or the kickback rather from season two, we're sitting here with a Champions League squad and you're picking holes in it. And I think that's a, mass, a massive issue. Um, and we will go through the squad. I'm really, really keen to hear your thoughts in the comments section. Until about quarter past 12, I was going to be relying solely on the comments section until Kevin Graham saved my bacon and Michael the boy says, the old guard today. Six and a bit years we've been doing this, Kev. Mainly ups, couple of downs. Uh, still enjoying it? Oh, you've gone silent. You've gone quiet. You've gone quiet. There we go. <laughs> Just as you come back, I'll tell you what, we did it for six years and we still haven't mastered the technology. Are you back? I'm back. You're back. I'm there back. we go. I was replugging in my microphone. Um, that's why I muted myself. I am still enjoying it. Who doesn't enjoy talking about Celtic? Eh? That's... This is what I say, Kev, to people. How can you talk about Celtic for an hour every day? And I'm like, well, 
most of the people in the comment section probably talk about Celtic for an hour a day at their work or at home or whatever it is. We just uh, started doing it in front of our screen and getting the people involved in the comment section. And part of that community that we built up um, is that we're doing an initiative this year. We've always done a charity drive every single season. This season, it's uh, sell the jerseys. What does this jersey remind you of? What game does it remind you of? What player does it remind you of? I'm going to come to you, Kev. We've been on the show for 25 minutes. Give me your thoughts. I'm going to bring some of the comments in during the show as well. Uh, that jersey, um, Salzburg away, the day of the Scottish independence referendum, <laughs> and Wacastle. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is it's almost a carbon copy of what I'm going to say. Uh, the reason for it, Kev, is uh, I remember walking through Stirling Centre when there used to be a, a Celtic shop in there. Remember the Celtic shop in there? And uh, Russell, who worked in the, the, the shop, um, Russell, big shout out to him. What's his surname? Conway, I think. Celtic Conway. Fan. Russell Conway. Yeah, yeah. Russell Conway used to work in there. And he was always good for the crack when you went in. Uh, I remember the, the jersey being in the window. And I went in and I was speaking to him this day. I was like, what do you think of that jersey? Because I like the idea um, in International Week, of course. I, I do like the idea of some kind of Celtic tartan. I've always liked the Celtic tartan, Kev, right? And at the time, I wasn't a fan of this jersey. It's one of the ones that's kind of grown on me as, as time has progressed. The reason it's a pivotal one, and I'm going to be putting a new jersey up every day, uh, obviously to push the initiative, link is underneath the, the video as well. I got married the day that game you just mentioned. That day, the 18th of September, I can't forget it because obviously it's going to be the um, anniversary on Monday. Um, so I, I've got it all sorted, the card and the present and all that sorted, Kev, I, honest. Right, so that, that particular game was on the night of my wedding. And I remember being, again, in Stirling, the Glen Bervie, and the game was ongoing. Wakaso scored that night, Kev, wearing this jersey on that particular occasion. And looking back on it, when I had to describe every Celtic jersey in 500 words or whatever, I, I tied this in with the independence campaign because I don't think it was a coincidence that we went tartan that year. Do you? I don't. Th- I don't think it was an. I don't know. Are, are we going to give the board credit of a coincidence? Um, the fact that they wore it that night in Europe, I think a lot of folk made a big deal about that. Oh, they're wearing a tartan kit in Europe the day of the Scottish mm-hmm. Independence referendum. Um, like you, I wasn't getting married that day, but I was actually working. Uh, at, at the referendum, I was working in a polling station at the referendum, so I was just getting text updates of, of the game. Um, but I, that's what I can remember having a look at the, the YouTube thing. When I can just remember my castle scoring, Scott yep. Brun scored the other goal that night. Eh? He did, he did, and he did Scott the Bruni. Yeah. Um, where is Wicasso now? Is obviously my next question, but please let me know your memories of the jersey. Has it aged well? And uh, what are your memories of players that wore it or games it was worn in? Kevin and I, by absolute coincidence, I didn't set you up for this one, Kev. Um, remember the exact same game. Uh, Wakaso, Mubarak Wakaso is now 33 years of age and he was last. In fact, he's still with uh, Shenzhen which I think is a Chinese club, isn't it? Um, he was on loan last season, but uh, Shenzhen is who he is currently playing with. Uh, they've got a, a 60,000-seater stadium. Wakaso, he was obviously on loan 
is another player that we signed from Ruben Kazan. Kev, there you go. We've been talking about a couple of the guys. Um, Haksabanovic is a player I've, I've been talking about this week and um, some Celtic fans disagreed, as I said earlier on, and that's what it's all about. I was asked to describe a Haksabanovic and I was asked my thoughts on how he will do when he goes to Stoke. And uh, what I said was, here's the good points. Here, here's what I would say are the positives from what I've seen of Haksabanovic. But what became pretty clear to me, Kev, is the Haksabanovic I was describing was the player of last season. There's been a distinct change since Brennan Rodgers came in. Changing managers can do that. But I do think we've had a completely different change of uh, shape since Rodgers has come in. And the wingers have been u- utilised differently. And I don't think it suited Haksabanovic. So he's ofsky. Um Strangely enough, uh, one thing that surprised me is his age. He's only 24. So when I was looking at that, I'm thinking, you know, you, you talk about Turnbull as if he's still a fairly young player. Well, th- this player, Haksabanovic, is the same age as David Turnbull. Um, I don't think he'll be back. I really don't. But I said to him, I think it's the Samaras situation. He's going to be a hero or he's going to be the other end of the scale. He's going to be the Samaras that you saw in a Man City jersey or the Samaras that you saw scoring two goals against Rangers for Celtic in New Year's and the New Year's fixture. What's your take on Haksabanovic and will we see him back in a Celtic jersey? I don't think we'll see him back in a Celtic jersey and my take is um, he could have been a contender but for whatever reason he decided not to be one. Um, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think he suited Dan Postacoglu's Celtic as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Um, when Rogers came back, and I'm remembering the, the high salon days of Rogers and, like, Tom Rogic and that 10 role, I'm going, he could play there. Mm. I went, he, he, could, he, could, he could actually play in that 10 role, eh? and any time they appeared, they appeared out wide. And he was still doing the, the old trying to cut inside and things like that. And you look back on last season when we when we wanted him to make a, a impression, League Cup final bursting through on goal in the last minute, missing he missed a couple of sitters like that when he came on as a sub. Um, it just didn't really work for him. Eh? The guy's got ability. Hopefully, he finds a club where he's going to be the star man. Because I've yeah. got a funny feeling that he needs to be the star man, and maybe. A wet Tuesday night in Stoke is his very, very, very always dream to be. And he <laughs> will be the star man in the championship, but who knows? But as you say, he's 24, he's been playing professional football since he's been 16. First team professional football since he's been 16. So the lads had a lot of, the lads had a lot of football, but I can't see him being back here now. I think that 
ship has sailed. I, I get what you mean by him having to be the star player. His career trajectory has been on the upwards until he's went to what you would regard as a big club or a big league, right? Mm -hmm. So he actually made his debut at 15 in Sweden, right? He gets a big money move to West Ham at 18, Kev. Doesn't kick on. He finds himself being going back to to Sweden, nor copping. He gets sold to Ruben Kazan for 5.4 million quid. So we got, within 12 months, we got that player. And the only reason we got him for 1.7 was because of the situation with the registrations of Russian players, overseas Russian players. Uh, they were given the, the option to actually tear up their contracts. I think when you look at the uh, comments made by Ruben Kazan at the time, Celtic have been very fair with the club because there was a suggestion we might have got that player for now. <laughs> we ended up signing him for £1.7 million. Um, and, of course, he was a bit part player. I mean, he was. He wasn't a guy. I, I would need to check the stats. I don't think he started three games in a row, Kev, either under Ange or under Brendan Rodgers. Competitively, I don't think he started three games in a row. That shows the inconsistency. It seems as though he's a guy with technical ability, a lot of natural ability, but once he gets to that point where this is your platform, you're playing in the uh, EFL or you're playing in the, the EPL, rather, or you're playing in you know, the Champions League, it's almost as if, wait a minute, I'm, I prefer to be a big fish in a small pond rather than playing mm -hmm. for the big teams or in the big leagues. So, yeah, all the best. Um, hopefully it works out because if it does, they'll sign on permanently. Uh, you made a comment there. Could have been a contender. You know, I only this week watched on the waterfront for the first time. So uh, that was well placed as well. We definitely don't prepare for these shows, Kev. You'd think that we did. Not Could have been a contender, any. but Not here I am, a bum. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. uh, Tommy Rogic, still a free agent, by the way. You mentioned Tommy. Still a free agent, could still do a job. All right, he is, he is. He's only 30. Uh, Michael Ross has given us an answer to the tagline. Has Rogers been backed enough in time for the Champions League? And Michael says no. Simple answer, no. Uh, Michael the boy comes in to say he could have been backed for a left-back and a striker for the Champions League. But it is what it is. We go with what we have. Yeah, we do. It just gets to that point, though, after the games, Kev, that we could uh, bemoan the fact that we're without these players. What I'm going to say, going back to the first comment earlier, I think he has been backed, but the squad management's been poor. But I think he mm -hmm. has been backed. He has had money to spend. He knew the gig when he took it. He knew the level of player that we were looking at. He praised the he praised the recruitment team, how what we were doing. He praised Matt Law and that. He knew exactly what he was getting. But it's been bad squad management that we haven't got a goalie and a left back. No, you're right. It shouldn't happen. It absolutely shouldn't. Michael, you've been in, but here's another point from you. The board lack ambition in Europe. By the way, you're talking Kevin's language. He's been banging on about this for six and a half years on Axon. You just can't argue with that anymore. What more proof do we need? I, I was thinking about it the day I was in Glasgow. I was at Don Max because uh, Simon Donnelly, Jackie Max venue is where we're doing our upcoming gigs with Chris Sutton and then another one at the end of October as well, which is already sold out. A few tickets left for Chris. And we were just then having a look at the seating plan and stuff like that. And I'm driving back through here thinking to myself, now that the dust has settled and we know what the Champions League uh, squad looks like, Kev, I'm thinking, I don't think, you know... Initially, I'm thinking, I don't think he's been sufficiently backed. You brought this into the equation that it's about squad management. It then starts you, uh, looking at the recruitment last season, which wasn't good enough. The recruitment wasn't good enough last season. Um, and I think you can look at that by saying, right, we needed to improve on the goalkeeper position, left back and centre half this time last year. So we bring in Seagrist, you, uh, 
Kobayashi and um, Burnaby, and those three players don't make the cut. And I think that speaks volumes. They're the three players that we brought in last season when we thought we needed to strengthen in those positions and they don't make the Champions League cut. I think that speaks volumes for the recruitment last year. If we're going to give them praise, Kev, you've also got to point out the deficiencies. Patrick Harold, welcome back to the show. Afternoon, comrades. Thank God Celtic are back. Yes, competitive action, Kev. Last night, Scotland were playing. We've been talking about it, and We've been talking about the independence. Um... I'm going to admit it, I lasted the first half. I lasted the first half. And I only watched it because I wanted to see how Callum McGregor played. And uh, I thought he played all right in the first half, to be honest with you. He's up against a different quality of player. I remember uh, when we did the Paul Lambert interview, it's on the channel, check it out on YouTube. Paul Lambert says to me that uh, Bellingham's going to be one of the best players in the world. And I thought it was a lofty thing to say at the time. And then you watch him. I know he's playing Scotland and obviously he's to do it and replicate it. Um, in the in the finals tournaments, he's twenty years of age, Kev, and he's played for Real Madrid, and he's a baller. He's got about twenty seven or twenty eight caps for England already. Incredible talent. And remember, we all laughed when Birmingham City retired his squad number when he uh-huh. left them. He got to Borussia Dortmund. Everybody were like, "Why are you why are you retiring a squad number of a sixteen year old laddie?" Ah, well, that's the reason that they retired a squad number for a sixteen year old laddie. Oh, he was fantastic last night. Guess what I like about him as well? He's detestable as well. He's got a face that you would like to punch. Um, but he's got that sort of wee bit of arrogance about him, eh? He's um, detestable. Him, <laughs> him and Phil Foden, I, I, I wouldn't mind having a wee square go with any of them. Look, there would be, I mean, Phil Foden's mob would probably batter me, tell you the truth. Uh, but that's... There, there, if you didn't get the story about Phil Foden's mob fighting I've seen, the box, I've, I've seen footage back, of that, yeah. I've seen back. footage of it. So uh, I, I'm quite glad that the England team's becoming a bit detestable again with guys like Declan Rice and Foden and Bellingham and that. But there's no, there's no denying that uh, football ability, especially Bellingham. He's in the, he's at elite level. He's in there with Mbappe and Haaland. He is that level, and he could, and he could be, he could be a swinging point for England in certain tournaments, or either that they'll just get continued getting beat at quarterfinals and semi-finals. Don't Which, you think, though, Kev? Right, I love the image leading into the game with Andy Robertson and, and uh, Harry Kane. They were talking about obviously their honours and all the rest of it, and Robertson's won the Champions League and everything. Every now and again, it, it, it becomes the Queen's Park. Andy Robertson, doesn't he? Every now and again, I see it. He's this top-level elite footballer, but every now and again, you're thinking, that's rotten. That's terrible. What happened there? And uh, I saw that in the first half last night from Robertson as well. He's a player, though, Kev, that I think is a... He's a shining example because he's an anomaly of a footballer. You know, he didn't come through the academies and do all that kind of stuff. But again, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, Jackie McNamara deserves a huge amount of credit, as does Simon Donnelly for that. Uh, finding that player playing for Queen's Park, having been thrown in the scrap heap uh, at that time. He was playing part-time, we all know the story, at that stage. James Love, hail, hail from the Philippines, hail, hail to you as well. It's always great to know where the viewers are tuning in from. Tony Cassidy, good afternoon to you as well, sir. Um, And we've got John Taggart. Is it the same John Taggart that used to play for Celtic? Evening, lads, from Perth, Australia. Looking forward to seeing the boys at the weekend. Yes, me as well. Double denim. Squad is looking decent in most areas, but concerns over a decent backup keeper and a left back. Any views on why Burnaby was left out of the squad? Well, let's start off with the defenders then, now that you bring it up, right? So Burnaby comes in a fair old investment uh, for a, a, a young 
uh, left back coming over. A lot was made of the fact that he was the first Argentinian to play for Celtic. Kev, we heard all that, all that chat. He comes in. We're at a stage now where he's had the settling in period, right? So everything that went wrong last season, you can say that's the settling in period. And there was a lot wrong, both on the park and off it. I think Burnaby is indisciplined. I think he's got a difficulty in taking instructions and actually sticking to a game plan. I see a player who's got undoubted technical ability, you know, in terms of skill, ball control, all that kind of side of the game, Kev, that a lot of people don't have, but they make up for it in other ways. But he just doesn't do what he's told. He can't stick to a game plan. I'm thinking Mad Dog Gravison under Gordon Strachan. He just did whatever he wanted, ran about in areas of the park that he was told not to go to. And I think Burnaby's like that on the pitch. That's before I even get to the off-the-pitch issues. So I think Rodgers has seen enough. I'm going to be honest with you. And I think that on merit, you've got a guy like Liam Scales, who was written off by me and others, who's come in for a few games, and he's stepped up, particularly at Ibrox. He's stepped up. And his attitude, I think, would be right. And Brennan Rogers puts a lot of honest on that, as he definitely should. But strangely enough, on the UFL website, Kev Hatati is listed as a defender. And we know he can play left back as well. So there's a couple of options. I just hope we never get to the Hatati at left back option. But yeah, that for me is why Burnaby's been left out. He's been at the club long enough, Kev, to get the culture off the pitch, to settle in, to know what his role is in a team and he's not disciplined enough to follow it, follow it through. It seems that way. I wonder what the conversation was like, though, eh? with Rodgers telling him, this is the reason that you're knowing the, the Champions League squad. I wonder where his head is that. Is that is he the type of guy that will react and bounce back for that and go, no, I'm going to prove you wrong? Or is it is he the type of guy that's going to go away and sulk? I mean, it's, that's a great man management. Or has it been great man management? I don't know. I do not know the boy, guy's personality. Let's let's go a wee bit stereotypical here with South American personalities. Let's say he's fiery, and he's going to react. And Rogers knows that he'll maybe react to this. Like it could be a could be a bit of that. But Liam Scales, I'm go, I'll look at it a simple way. Simple way because I'm a simple guy. I think Liam Scales has just got his reward for that gig at Ibrox. And he's in the Champions League squad and he's earmarked as a possible left back if needed. Uh, and I forgot Hatati played left back against St. Johnson last year. Eh? <laughs> now I forgot all about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So so there is probably another option there. But I think this is a perfect storm for Rogers, maybe. An undisciplined backup left back, and he's got a guy who's know what I'm doing so far, and he's went, well, look. Alexandro, I think you've got mere ability in Liam Scales, but Liam Scales is pretty as he'd done, gave me a gig, gave done me well, you have not. Mm-hmm. And it could be something as simple as that. Could yeah. be a bit of squad management there. I can trust that player. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a thing, right? We're going to Waterdam. Um, I don't know if you're, I know that some Axom contributors will be over there, Kev. I'm not sure if you're one of them, but Waterdam, we go to uh, uh, a game like that, and I heard yesterday going on about, you know, getting a draw, etc. I'll tell you what, if you get a draw in Rotterdam, that is an unbelievable result, as it stands. It's an unbelievable result. But what you need to get that result, Kev, is every single element of your team all working the way that you've set them out to do. The game plan has to be spot on. And in order for that to happen, every single element of that team has to be clicking all at the same time. They've all got to be doing exactly what you are instructing them to do. I don't think Bernabe's got it. 
I don't think he has that. He's erratic as a footballer. Um, I mean, talking about his head's gone or how is he going to react, etc. I just always think back to that Dundee United game where he was incorrectly penalised for handballing the ball and he gave, gave away the penalty. He didn't know what was happening. It was a flailing arm behind him. You know, people going about unnatural positions, Kev. Well, have you ever seen somebody trying to jump with their arms down the side of their body? It's impossible to get off the, the floor. You've got to use your your arms to, to get the, the kind of elevation. And his head went after that to such a point he was pulled off at half time. He couldn't get back in the game. He's not got the discipline for me. He's not got the mindset to be playing at this level. And when you go to the Champions League, I think that what happens is everybody needs to be tuned in for every second of the game. It's the margins, isn't it? And if you switch off for that one moment, you lose again. Every European game, Paul, you can't rock up. And we can't afford four or five guys guys having a five, six out of ten in Europe. That that's 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 no good enough for us. Uh, you're looking if we if we go to Rotterdam and get a result, what we're actually needing in Rotterdam is eleven guys to have an eight, nine out of ten. And actually and and to actually get us a get us a result. And you're probably right about Bernabe. He's probably a bit too flaky uh, for that. Eh? So ah, you're, 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 you're probably right. Um but that's the margins in Europe. Eh? Rogers is looking for players that he can trust. Yep. And that was the point I was maybe making about Scales. Scales has went to Rogers. You can trust me to actually do certain things. Right. You look at the game against St. Johnson. Maybe didn't suit him, but the defending suited him. The European game might suit him better because all he's got to do is, de- is defend and not try to create attacks or something like that. It'll be really interesting if he rocks up against Dundee. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, yeah. I mean, it would be really. I mean, I says after the uh, the Rangers won, I said that will probably be Liam Scales' Celtic highlight of his career. He'll always have that moment. Mm-hmm. And like, like Mike got, Conroy in the nineteen eighty Scottish Cup uh, final, played out of position, played out his skin. Yeah, he will always have that moment. But I do not expect him to start at the weekend. I expect him to be in the squad. He'll maybe get a couple of a wee appearances for the bench and that. To you're try looking and keep Nat, Nat Phillips? I think you're looking Nat Phillips yeah, coming yeah. in to try and get a partnership going with Lager Bielka. That's And I think Liam Scales has got his re- reward being in that Champions League squad for what he's done for Brendan over the pre-season and what he done, uh, what he done at Ibrox. But 
I do not expect him to nail down a first-team berth. I do not expect him to have a massive career at Celtic. I just He's going to have a wee honeymoon period after playing playing so well at Ibrox. Then he will eventually go and loan. He'll eventually leave somewhere. But fair play to him. I think Rodgers has made a bit of a statement there. I didn't really think about that until you pointed out Burnaby's indiscipline. And yeah. scales basically taking over in the squad. I didn't really think about it that way. No, I'm thinking about it. I think Rogers kind of made a wee statement by the dropping of Burnaby. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, if, you, if, if you're no disciplined, you're not getting in. If you're, if no. you're not wearing shoes, you're not getting into the FUBA. Oh, yeah, you're wearing jeans if it's no slacks. Um, every time you mention the food bar, I think of the kebab shop next door, Abra Kebabra, best name ever. I'm not sure what the kebabs were like. Paddy Lavery. Didn't realise the Pet Shop Boys had a Celtic podcast on a Wednesday. Now, I know which one you're meant to be, which means I need to be Neil Tennant, right? Is that is that yes. the way it's going to go here, right? That's the way it has um, to go, right? Yep. Fair play, Paddy. Fair play. Uh, I can't sing like him, but I must admit, I did go to see them once at the Playhouse in Edinburgh. Uh, and, I, and I love that sa- that song, Panny Narrow, which uh, the, the brilliant magazine was named after as well. Check it out. Uh, Martin Nolan, due to UEFA squad rules, do we need to invest more money and time into the best Scottish players? You know this, man. It's a conversation Kevin and I have had so many times. We, we are brilliant at producing Scottish players, Kev. We are fantastic at producing Scottish players. You and I spoke about it on Monday. Uh, yet another one's just left the building, you know. Rokovat is the next one in line. Yes, I know he represents Ireland, but he's came through, he is classed as a homegrown player. He's came through our ranks and he is a homegrown player. Um, two goals for under-21s and his first appearance for the under-21s, Kev. That's a player who every time he steps up, he never looks out of place. Rokovat, absolutely brilliant. Scored a double last night and we need to keep him. This is the thing, Martin. I think we're good at producing players. We're just not very good at keeping them, Kev. Aye, there seems to be a certain point now, and it seems to be getting earlier with these boys, that they're leaving at 16, 17, 18, rather than 2021. 20, and that is something that I reckon, look, I think it's a Scottish football problem. I don't think it's just a Celtic problem. I think it's a Scottish football problem. I think that English teams are now looking up here because of the success of certain players doing in England. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I think also Italian teams are looking at Scottish players, maybe not the top level Italian teams, but the guys have went across there like Doig and Lewis Ferguson and uh, Henderson and, and and that, and knowing that oh, they got a decent shift at there, guys. So yep. they're looking at they're, so they're looking at Scottish football again. Youngsters, these guys are going into academies that are, that are playing at a far high. What can we offer them? What can we offer them at 16-year-old? Aye, we're going to play against Whitehall Welfare in the Scottish Lowland League. I know. I know. What, what it's can, no what wonder. English, what can an English academy offer them? Well, we're, you're going to play in the under-23 league. You're going to play in under-18s against top-quality guys who are elite-level athletes, who are this and that, who are no, who, who in the Lowland League, there's guys there who have dropped up for the junior and, and, and stuff like that. You look at Ben Doak, you, you, look at the, you look at the progress Ben Doak's made, and that's because he moved to Liverpool. Absolutely. That, that Ben Doak wouldn't be the Ben Doak if he would have stayed at Celtic. No. And we've no. got to get that into our heads. And I think the only way it changes, Paul, and I'm going to batter on about this, I think the only way this changes is if we leave Scottish football. 
and right. go into some sort of pan-European league where we're playing European teams on a weekly basis and you can say to guys between 16 and 18 year old you can stay here and play the same level of, same the same level of guy that you'd be playing doing in England I agree with you I think the Scottish game um, limits what we can do as a football club at every single level Kev right it's mm. incredible that we we are able to to do anything at all in Europe uh, because of the constraints and I think one of the big issues in terms of the youth development is the fact that all we can offer them is a game in the fifth tier of Scottish football now Celtic have done everything in their power Kev to get a team into the pyramid and Scottish football and the teams vote against it time and time again to prevent them from progressing through the tiers so there'll never be a promotion. They'll never allow a Scottish football team to start off in Tier 5, a B team, this is a coach team, and progress up to championship level. They just won't allow it to happen. So the other option before we leave Scottish football, if indeed that ever happens, I think, is that you play a number of more competitive games. You withdraw from the, the Lowland League. I think Rangers have already done it. You withdraw out of that league, Kev, and you start playing... Now, I say competitive games, not even in a competition sense, but competitive in that you're playing a better level of opposition. So you think about all the under-23 teams in England. Organise games with as many of those teams as you possibly can. How many fixtures does the Lowland League team play over a season? Right, you need to have that amount of fixtures. So you look at under-23 teams, you look at European sides at the same level, and you organise one-off games, and, and you get the competitive Football, even though it's not in a competition, so I know that's like almost a double negative, but it's a bit of a, um, you know, for me, contrarian view. But if you get a Man City under twenty three team, and you put that Celtic B team and play that, you're going to get a much better challenge against that level of side, and then you can progress. And I remember that we were doing it for a while. I remember the very first time I ever went up to Lennox Town, we were playing a lot of these types of games, one off matches. Kev, yeah, you need to organise it a lot more. It's not like you just have a fixture list; you've got to fill it in. But I think that maybe a next gen competition in the middle of that against your sport and Lisbon teams and all that we've seen that before. That for me would be a much better way of having a, a developing youth team that you can say, right, you're playing competitive football. And another thing that might happen, Kev, and it's something that you're you're maybe even inviting is you're saying to them, you're up against the best in Europe. So, you you know, they, they, the teams might want to actually come in for you. Um, will you end up losing more of the players? We, po we possibly can't lose more than we're already losing. Um, Stephen Ray, welcome back to the show. The European Champions League squad list highlights the lack of depth and quality we have in the homegrown status. Just going on the back of what we're talking about here. Our good youngsters are getting snapped up by bigger leagues and the ones left behind aren't Good enough. Um, yeah, I, I I fail to to disagree. I can't I can't disagree with that because we spoke about it. It was Evan Easton on Monday. It was announced Sheffield United had signed the eighteen year old. I seen on his uh, his old fella's Facebook. He was involved in a game. It was streaming live last night or the night before um, on YouTube. So you wish the players all the best, Kev. But I'd much rather that batch of players and we're probably at a list now of about fifteen, maybe more. You know, I'd much rather there were Celtic developing here. I would, I would be, uh, of course, we would be, but they didn't develop. That's the problem. This is where this is Rocco Vatter's problem as well. I mean, I notice there's quite a lot of the Celtic sites bumming him up the day. I mean, he scored two goals against San Marino. I mean, give me two weeks to get fit, and I think I could probably score two goals against San Marino. <laughs> But that's is that the level of player that we're going to need to be bumming up now? The fact that he played for Ireland under-21s against San Marino? 
hold on, wait a minute. You're talking about a guy that was the same age destroying Scotland last night. Like, in, in, in Bellingham. Like, that's... I think we need to get a grip here and just realise that, that unless we move, unless we leave Scottish football to wall on it and it's on pig slurry, like, they didn't want they didn't want a B team in, in, in the pyramid. No, fine, no. fine. He's kind of have the A team. We're going away. Cheerio. Go and recalibrate yourselves and do what you want to do. Because, yes, we drop points against some Johnson. Yes, we'll drop points against some other mobs this season, Livingston, guys like that. We've all dropped points. That's the nature of league football. But nobody can argue that financially we are too big for Scottish football. We've completed, and a, We've completed and Scottish a, football. We have completed Scottish football and we're a hindrance to Scottish football now. And for us, to for Scottish football to improve and for football to improve, we've just got to let the capitalist greed take over and take it to its natural level where it goes and, and they'll actually go bust. If the elite teams want to go and get, have a Super League, we're not going to stop it. Money's not going to stop that. And if there's going to be a mid-tier European League where I think Celtic would probably end up, that's going to happen. All these guys have got fixed ideas what's best for the game. Now, by the way, that's gone now. We've got to just let it go to its natural conclusion. It'll eventually, the money will eventually explode in Saudi Arabia and Europe and all of that and everything will come back down but you've got to let it go because at the moment you're just you're just creating halves and halves knots on a massive massive scale I'm no bored let the, let the top 18 elite clubs in Europe go away and play each other in Hong Kong and in Tennessee and places like that when you go they'll find an audience for it mm-hmm. we need to yep. find we need to let clubs find their own level and Celtic's level is no Scottish football the thing is, Kev, Scottish football has got this this derby game, you know, and they don't even know how to manage that. They don't even know how to deal with that. We're now in a situation where it's a laughing stock of a fixture, and that there's uh, the fixture is is dying or it's already dead, you know, because you can't even go and see it when when the game's at Ibrox. And Scottish football's allowed that to happen. The authorities within Scottish football, the amateurish approach that they have, the inability for them to manage one football team in the game properly over a period of decades has resulted in Scottish football eating itself. And I felt that uh, the pandemic and the aftermath of that would have been the perfect example for all these things to happen that you've described, Kevin. It's not happened. What well, again, what's something else? It's just came to my mind there, right? We're all more, everybody says a European league. What about the guys that go everywhere, go week in, week out, week in, week out? We're getting shot at of Scottish grunts. Yeah, yeah. Stuff them. I mean, we're get, we're, we're, there's already thousands and thousands of Celtic fans that are used to watching away games on screens anyway. So, yes, we'll maybe get away trips to Oslo, Trondheim, Stuttgart, places like that. Eh? And folk will, will make that trip. Folk would make that trip, but we've probably got an easier chance of getting a ticket, actually, going to, <laughs> going to a lot of these places. Eh? But Scottish football's already shutting us out. They're already yeah. shutting out our money. So exactly. stuff them. I've, I've got no sympathy for them anymore. I was always one that says that Scotland, that we should, we, we've got a duty to Scottish football because we are a Scottish-Irish club. No anymore. This. But- do what's best bowl. for us as a football Aye. club. I get bowl. that. And us leaving Scottish football would be best for Scottish football. 
It'd be interesting to see what would happen if we did, Kev, because, you know, a lot of things would dry up in terms of sponsorship, broadcasting rights, and then it would be, all right, so we've been a we've been an issue, we've been holding you back, good luck, mm-hmm. on you go. Um, James Daly, to get higher calibre a player means a higher wage structure. It's not just a matter of transfer fee. Absolutely, but if we manage the squad properly and the numbers within that bloated squad, Kev, then I've, I'm always of the view that, you know, if there's 10 non-contributing players, I'd rather have three on higher wages than the 10 on 10 to 15 grand not contributing in any way, shape or form. And we've been in that situation for a long time. So I think we need to manage the squad better. Uh, Stuart Ramsey, afternoon Axom, and all my fellow Tims, hail, hail from a sunny West Midlands. Great to have you involved, Stuart. I want to hear, what does this jersey remind you of behind us? Which player do you like it? Has it aged well? Um, and we've also got Jim Hannaway. Be good show today, boys. Kev is on. You've got a fan, Kev. You have I'm got sure, a fan. I'm sure there's uh, hundreds of other commenters <laughs> will actually disagree with you, Jim. Yeah, Afternoon troops. Still buzzing for the Champions League. Despite a slightly underwhelming window, sometimes players aren't available. Work in progress, I think. Yeah, you've got to take that into account. Um, I'm pretty sure that there will be a huge list of players that we wanted who fitted the criteria that we had set aside for a left-back, for a goalkeeper. Um, we've not been able to get the uh, the deals done, unfortunately. I know that these things are difficult, Kev, but when you go into a transfer window and you replace a, a holding midfielder like Moy with two other hold midfielders, when you replace a winger like Jota with three other wingers or a centre-half like Starfelt with two centre-halves, you think to yourself, right, that's fine, but where's my left-back? Where's my goalkeeper? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that uh, that's the, for me, that's the bit that becomes a frustration for me uh, going into this. I think that what will happen, there's a comment in there, the only reason I never brought it up is because there was a wee um, expletive in there and for people on their lunch breaks or kids tuning in I try my best not to swear but what your point was uh, was that Rogers has never done anything in Europe and wherever he's been that was the point I've got to disagree with that and I keep going back to he took Leicester City to the semi-final of a European competition Kev he did and it was Mourinho's Roma that knocked him out yes it was Conference League would you take Kev this season would you take I'm going to ask the question the semi-final of a European competition, regardless of what that competition was, would you take that? Of course. Of course you would. So it's not it's not the fact that Rodgers has done nothing in Europe. He's at, for me, he's improved since he's gone to Leicester. He's improved as a manager. People might scoff at that at the moment. We've not got off to the best start. Um, but there's a long way to go. Now, Kei Matsu Kobayashi hasn't even had a look. Right. You use the Kobayashi example, you compare it to what you were talking about with scales, Kev, and you think that there has been occasions where Kobayashi could have stepped up. He got an opportunity at Ibrox where he could have been that guy that scales was the other week and he wasn't up to the task. He's not shown enough to be in the squad for me. He hasn't shown enough to be in the squad. Um, That Ibrox game, I I spoke about it in, in my blog last week. Completely different circumstances going into that game. It's a different, completely different team mindset going into that game. Eh? But you have a look. Big CCF gets injured, and you're going to Kubiashi right. By the way, you've got a nailed on cup final spot here. If you produce whatever you've got in the next six or seven games, and we end up playing Iwata centre half, and Kubiashi's on on the bench. I think that says it all. He started off. Uh, he's only played one game for Rogers uh, against Marinos. 
um, and he looked a bit rough and ready in that game as well, and he was taken off injured, obviously. Aye, he hasn't really proved it. There's an argument there that probably Lager Bielka and Scales have done more in their opportunities than Kubiashi's actually done in Oya's opportunities, and I think that's a fair argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, the the argument I think, which is an interesting one, or the point, which is an interesting one, is that recruitment in season two is now affecting season three, and that happens. Yes. There's a knock-on effect that wasn't great last season. Um, the the signings were brought in just now are yet to be proven. I think that some of them are going to be class. I think we've seen enough signs from the likes of Yang that he's a player. Um, I think that Home has shown signs that he can do a job. I liked what I've seen of Novrosky. I've liked what I've seen of Lagerbjelk. I'm looking forward to seeing well, Phillips. Bottom line, Paul, injuries aside, if Kubiashi had actually proved himself in the six and seven games that he got towards the end of last season, we would not have brought in two centre-halves in the summer. I think, I think that goes if it's saying. 100%. You wouldn't be going out and spending, you know, collectively, what, £7 million plus on two players if Kobayashi had filled that role effectively. Now, listen, it's all about opinions. We want to know your opinion. Let us know, if not in a live show, underneath the video in the comments section. Also, let us know about the Celtic tartan jersey behind me. What do you think of when you see that jersey? Probably not getting married, but that's what I remember. Now, Kevin Graham... You stepped up last minute, Liam Scales-esque, came in, performance to match. Um, we're back to the, the real football at the weekend. Celtic will play Dundee, obviously. We'll cover that game half an hour before kickoff, half an hour after kickoff, the whole shebang. Who will be with me? Who knows? It might be Kevin McCluskey. It might also be Laura Bradburn. Who knows who will be available? But I'll certainly be in this seat covering the game as well. I've got to thank every single one of you for continuing to support a Celtic state of mind. Uh, the numbers have been sensational over the pre season and long may that continue um, and all that's left for me to say once again Kevin Graham thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.